our God does. I'm turning to Isaiah chapter 40. Isaiah chapter 40. I'm going to begin reading with verse 3. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 3. The voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted, and every hill, and the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough places plain. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord hath spoken it. Everybody said hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right. You can be seated. The Lord bless you. A highway, a straight highway in the desert, right in the middle of the desert. Imagine that. I never think of a desert as having a straight highway myself. I always think of a desert as very dry and hot burning sun and no relief, much of any kind, and uh, you have to be pretty knowledgeable to live off the desert land. And it can be done, I have read, but not an easy, easy situation. But, and, and it seems, uh, somehow it doesn't seem like there would be uh, a straight highway in the desert. It just doesn't seem that way to me. I'm not saying there's not, but it doesn't seem the way it should be. But uh, in the midst of everything, we find that uh, this is a prophecy, and it was a foretelling, and in a place that, again, is flat and hot and arid, not good for vegetation, not known for much water, Uh, in the midst of it, we are reading a prophecy that is fulfilled in the third chapter We read about the fulfillment of the third chapter of Matthew. In those days came John the Baptist, preaching in the wilderness of Judea, and saying, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he that was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. For the same John hath his raiment of camel's hair, and a leathern belt or girdle about his loins, and his meat was locusts and wild honey. Here we have a fulfillment of prophecy because John the baptizer was the one that the Spirit of the Lord raised up to send forth uh, and coming in the spirit of an Old Testament prophet and bringing a message and uh, making a straight path. In the picture you want to see is that people's hearts were dry and empty and that people were completely uh, devoid of any hope. Uh, the Bible even described it as a place of great darkness. Uh, people were just in a bad state and uh, they were living in, in, in terrible fear and, and anxiety. I met somebody the other day and they, they told me, um, I can't handle any anxiety. I said, well, anxiety is a fear of the unknown, I said, and helping you with the unknown is what we do, because we can help to make your future bright and solid and something that you can look forward to. 
and that you don't have to live uh, with your nerves all on edge and uh, biting your nails down to the quick, that you can get uh, one place said peace, and that peace crieth out. Another man said that in his days it would be peace and truth, and he was very happy for that. For you to hear the voice of the Lord through his word, and for you to realize that, uh, as he said in Isaiah also, he said, speak comfortably to my people. That the Lord, a lot of people have the idea, I have, as a, uh, I have a little team over at Home Depot, and they help us with interior decorating. And uh, one of the women's name, her name is Dorothy. Uh, the gentleman's uh, name is, uh, oh, George. And uh, so Dorothy, she told me, she said, um, I can't handle any more of uh, death and doom and uh, fire and brimstone. And I said, well, I don't know where you've been going to church, girl. And I said, but, you know, uh, while I know that the Bible has things to say about that, it has a whole lot to say about the love of God and the power of God to save and the healing of God and the comfort, the Holy Ghost is to be a comfort to you. He is the comforter. And I said, you know, you can get very out of balance and you can uh, only focus on what you, your mind would consider to be negative things or things of judgment. But if you'd like to get away from the judgment side of things, and you'd like to get away from the fire and the brimstone side of things, then maybe you should listen to the words that tell you how you can escape those things because the word of God has made a straight highway right down the middle of your desert your difficult situation and he my friend knows how to absolutely pull you out of the fire get you out of the misery and the miserableness of your life and put you on a highway not only is it straight but the Bible teaches it has everlasting song and joy upon it and he wants that to be on your head. He wants that to be, to, to be the authority in your life. He's not coming as some ogre and some juggernaut that he's coming with a big club and he wants to give you a beat down. That's not what God is wanting to do at all. God is wanting to tell you that his arms, figuratively speaking, are stretched out wide and open. And that he's calling unto you every day, 24-7, to come to him. And to learn about Him. To learn that there's the love of God that absolutely passes your understanding, your ability to comprehend it. It's so vast and so great. Remember, we're talking about a God that the heavens of the heavens cannot contain. We're talking about the great eternal Creator. We're talking about the One who said, I'll wrap you up in my everlasting arms of love and I'll bring you to Me and I'll save you from the wrong things and the unclean things and the things that hurt and destroy and put depression and misery in your heart and in your life. God wants to deliver you from that. I'm telling you, He wants you to have a happiness. And no wonder Paul was inspired to say, Rejoice, I say unto thee. And again, he said, I say, Rejoice. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. You know, our God can just change. The Bible uses the word course. Uh, like a You've heard of a race course, a course. And uh, he talked about the course of this world. the Kind of like the road they're traveling, how it's a winding, rough road, and it's a, 
uh, like an obstacle course and uh, all of the tremendous difficulties that are on it. But um, how that you can get on the course that God would have you on. Paul said about running this race, he talked about the course, he talked about finishing it, he talked about there be a crown laid up, a crown of righteousness for any, not only him, but for any who would obey this word of God. I want you to know something. There's a, a highway here that God has made, and it's a happy highway. It's a, it's a highway that can sustain you and take you from point A to point B or from planet Earth right straight up to heaven. Wasn't it Jacob that uh, took a little nap in a place called Bethel, which meant the house of God? Now, I don't really want you napping in the house of God, okay? But uh, he, he had need that particular moment to take a little nap, and in so doing, he had a dream, and his dream uh, showed him that a ladder that was going from right where he was at to right up to heaven, that there were angels, divine help, ascending and descending up and down that ladder. I want you to understand that there is divine help for you. Things that you cannot do, but that God Almighty can do, and He will do for you. And no sense for you to think you're so bad that God won't do anything for you. Let me tell you a, a testimony right here, right now, and uh, we have a brother, and uh, he came to us. He came to us from the prison system. He'd been in solitary confinement for many, many years. And uh, he had been, uh, I'm going to, he'd been involved in a big gang in Miami. And he had a lot of problems. And uh, he wound up in jail, as I said. But somewhere in jail, the great God of heaven and earth arranged to visit him and begin to deal with him. And this man uh, got baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, this man received the gift of the Holy Ghost. And at 36 years of age, and he said to me, he said, I, I wasted 36 years. He said, I don't want to waste anymore. And, uh, but this, this individual, he, uh, he's covered with tattoos. And he wears uh, his shirts all the way down because he, he, and he keeps his collars up because he, he doesn't want that being seen. He's ashamed of that now and the, the life that he used to live. But... Uh, we got him a little job, and uh, it was in a tire place where they, you know, put your tires on and off, your, your 30s and all that stuff, and your flat tires, they fix them, and all that kind of jazz. And, and so um, he was working there, and, and uh, one day a, a guy showed up there, and he looked at him, and he said, he said, what are you doing here? And he looked at him, and he said, I'm working. He said, uh, he said I see that tattoo. He said, I know what that is. And he said, uh, he said, well, he said, I'm not that anymore. He said, you don't get out of that. Well, let me tell you something. He can get you out of that. <laughs> he can get you out of that. The Apostle Peter, Apostle Peter was thrown in jail. The angel visited him one night and said, come on, let's go. Had to wake him up. Come on, let's go. Peter's shaking off the, the sleep and getting the sand out of his eyes. And the angel's saying, hurry up, let's go. And in, in route... He said, and he even told him to put your sandals on, get your shoes on, let's go. I'm not playing with you. And so he let him out. And when they got to the city, the Bible said the gates of the city opened up of their own accord. I tell you that God can do things that nobody else can do and he will do them. It, it doesn't always uh, going to be, you know, a bolt of lightning or, or thunder as in, uh, in Samuel's day. There are times when God does things like that. But you can't uh, rubber stamp God and think he's going to do things the same way all the time. He's got his way of dealing with each individual. And I'm 
trying to tell you in the midst of jail for Paul and Silas, they were in the inner dungeon, friend. They kept opening doors and taking them deeper and further in. And they locked them up good. And them Roman soldiers, friend, God forbid anybody got away because that would be your life. And the old Caesar would take your head off. But... Um, Paul and Silas found themselves in the dark dungeon and they begin to pray. When you find yourself in the dark dungeon in your mind, you need to learn to come to church and you need to learn to pray and you need to learn to worship and let God pull you out of that horrible depression and the misery that you find yourself in and the things that you hide behind cannot do any good at all. You can go buy you every kind of possession and dial yourself up any way you want, but it's not doing anything good for your heart and your heart is where it's at and you better let God do the job that he wants to do he's got your best interests at heart yes he does Paul and Silas begin to sing they begin to pray and they had themselves some church time and uh, all of a sudden friend there came a great shaking Bible teaches and light shined into that jailhouse and the Bible teaches that an earthquake came, and, and that place just got so rocked, and we will rock your world. <laughs> That's what our Holy Ghost is designed to do. It's designed to get a hold of you. And when he, and when God's Spirit dealt right in that jailhouse, and that door opened, not only did their door open, but all the prison doors were opened in that jailhouse. And the, the soldier, he was about to kill himself because he knew that it would be his life. But uh, Paul stopped him. And told him to do himself no harm. He said, we're all here. Nobody running away. Nobody running out of here. We're right here. And uh, the, the, the man uh, was so amazed that they were able to witness to him and minister to him and begin to baptize he and his whole household, the Bible teaches. I'm telling you about a God that saves people from their problems. One place in the scripture said that Jesus went and preached to the spirits that were in prison. And I'm telling you, when you find yourself inwardly in prison, God knows how to visit you. He's got the key to your lock. He's got the answer to your problem. He's got the healing for your sickness. Whatever your situation is, is our God is the answer. You need to believe that. You need to have faith in that. You need to look to Him. You need to look to Him. Scripture being fulfilled, people in misery, people in gloom and doom and unhappy and problems all around them, scared and upset, darkness. And uh, here comes John the baptizer. He's rough. He's He's a rough as a cob, you know. He's not all sissy prissy. He comes in there, friend. He's chewing on locusts, wild honey, and he's uh, he's absolutely uh, dressed in a rough manner. And he comes walking in there, and he's preaching, and he's bringing the word of the Lord, and he's making a, a path that's straight. He's getting out the rubble and the mess, and getting people's hearts focused on God because God's fixing to come. And as he begins. To look one day in baptizing people at the rivers, uh, River Jordan, he saw Jesus the Christ coming over the hillside and told everybody to take a good look because here comes the Lamb of God. Him that's going to take away the sin of the world. He's the one you need to look to. He's the Messiah. He's going to do a work in your life. And I'm quite sure there were a lot of people cowering and hiding and trying to uh, somehow not be so uh, visible because of this, the feelings that they had of their sin and their conviction but i'm telling you the bible said that jesus christ is ready to pardon 
He is ready to forgive. You don't have to fear. You don't have to live with some kind of inordinate fear that I've said it too wrong or done it too wrong or been too bad or I haven't believed him or I turned my back on him. Wake up to this great love of God. He so loved this world that he provided that flesh to die on that cross to shed that blood to give you salvation. No matter who you are, where you come from, what you've done wrong, what you've been involved with, he's ready for you to get to the place where you're tired of wasting your life he wants you to have a happiness and a joy you know the bible said that the kingdom of god is righteousness peace and joy in the holy ghost yes it is for a man can you imagine to live years all by himself he come out of there just like john the baptizer that man come out there rough He come out out of that solitary confinement in a rough state. But the Holy Ghost got a hold of him. Holy Ghost changed his life. Holy Ghost sent him back home sitting there in a house now with family. And he's not wild anymore. He's not crazy anymore. He's not involved with the wrong things anymore. And brother, he was involved with it. But not anymore. There is a way out, I'm trying to tell you. There's a way out of that, that arid existence, that dry existence. Uh, even the Bible teaches that Jesus, the Christ, that he was uh, like a, a, a plant grown up out of dry ground. The Lord knows how to bring something out of nothing. The Lord knows how to take you and change you for the good. He knows how to get rid of all the pain and the misery and the, the contrariness in your life and how you go from one bad experience to another bad experience. And the devil telling you, pushing you all the way, telling you, you can never get out. Imagine that guy fixing a tire and some guy standing over him just pointing his finger and yelling at him and telling him you could never get out. And he just said, friend, I got out and I am out and I'm no longer a part of that anymore. I'm telling you, God can do that. God knows how to do that. You need to believe that the horrible pit that you're in, that He can bring you out of that horrible pit. And the Bible said that. Out of even a miry clay at the bottom of that pit where it's, it's all gooey and it just pulls you down like quicksand. And God reaches down and pulls you out. And oh, friend, I want you to know something. Our God can reach beyond anybody's problem he can reach to any low valley or any high mountain there's nothing to keep God from getting to where you live and where you're at and solving your problem untangling your net I mean he knows how to do it and you need to recognize that you need to believe that you need to use the faith that's made available to you quit putting your faith in wrong things that always disappoint that always let you down that always lead from one bad trouble to another bad trouble start putting your God-given faith where it will give the rewards and the payment that's worth it and that is you put it in God you put it in his church you put it in his word that's what you need to do that's what everybody needs to do can you imagine the darkness and the unbelief to which to which John the baptizer came into It was a bad time. It was a bad time. And yet he came in, friend. He came doing what needed to be done. Now, he didn't, uh, I think I told you about the airplane the guy was on, and the airplane was uh, 37,000 feet up in the air, and uh, suddenly the airplane dropped in altitude. 
and the pilot came on the intercom and he said, fasten your seatbelts. And he said, we, got, we have a problem. And he said, uh, we, we, we really don't have any control of the plane anymore and it doesn't look good. And so people began to cry and weep and whimper and somebody began to call out and said, isn't there a preacher on board that could pray or is there somebody here that could pray and everybody's just quiet and other than crying and weeping and and uh, finally one guy spoke up and he said well he said I used to live next to a church house he said I could I could pray like they prayed they said anything anything because the plane is going down and so um, he just got his breath together and cried out 37 46 69 bingo well, folks, I hate to tell you this, but that ain't going to get you out of your problem. Okay, that is not going to get you out of your, your, your life that's going down like a plane about to crash in flames and burn up. Not at all. But I am telling you the name of Jesus Christ and the truth of the Scripture. You can call whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, shall be saved. It means you're calling unto Him, you're doing the right thing. And it means He's coming, friend. He's coming. He's coming. He's coming with divine help. He's coming with the truth. He's coming with the message. One man said in in hell, he lifted up his eyes and he said, send somebody back to my family because they don't need to come where I'm at. And and, and the the Lord said, look here. He said, they got Moses. They got the preachers. And they got this thing, friend. They they ain't going to do any good. The one rise from the dead. You just let them listen to what's already given. Let them have faith in what is being made available to them. And that's you. And you need to know that this preaching of this word is right. This subject matter is correct. This way of escape that is made available to you is real and working. You imagine a man covered from head to toe, all kinds of tattoos, and a guy to come out of nowhere to a job and spot that one tattoo and start telling him, you're one of them. And, and I don't know, I'm not. Well, you, you're not, you're, I'm not in that anymore. You, you can't get out of that. The devil just challenged it every step of the way. But I'm telling you, God can get you out of it. God can do that. It's going to come down to, what did the Bible say? If there first be a willing mind. And, and another thing is, uh, the scripture said that uh, you can't love two masters. You can't do it. Uh, either you're going to hold a one and you're going to let go of the other, or, you know, it's, that's the only way it's going to work. You're going to wind up in a situation that's not going to be compatible. So you've got to make up your mind here. Who do you love? Who do you love? Do you love all the things of this world? Do you love the world? Or do you love the church? Jesus Christ, His church. You have to make a decision at some point and you've got to take that faith and quit putting it in the world and all the worldly games and all the worldly things and you've got to say, no, I'm going to take my faith, my believing, and I'm going to put that in Jesus Christ. I'm going to put it in His church, the church that He built on planet Earth. It's not a physical building. It's the body of Christ. It's a spiritual thing. And you must be born again to become a part of it. Now, people understand all kinds of clubs and all kinds of groups that people belong to and the initiations and the things they've got to go through, like the one up at a college just recently where they uh, killed a drum major. for uh, They call it hazing. And they put him through so many different things that the poor kid died. That's not a new thing. That's happened over and over and over 
over again the cruelty and the things that people will subject themselves to to become a part of some group. Let me tell you, you better hear the Bible when it said, come with us, we will do thee good. You better know that the church is full of the love of God and the power of God and the joy and the happiness of God and that the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Oh, friend. You don't have to live a miserable experience and of life. And, and the sad part is, for many people don't realize it, but they, you can go lots of places. You can do lots of things. You can uh, interact in, uh, with all of this world. And at the end of the day, what have you got? Where are you at? You better tell yourself there is a, a world beyond this world. And the scriptures talked very plainly in the world to come. That world without end. That's what you want to think about. That you can, as the writer said, and Jesus made the point, he said, how shall you escape? Because they were putting their faith in things that could do no good. They were just involved with a lot of religion and a lot of rituals and things that were man-made and added to and things that got twisted up and they had lost the highway. And here we have John the baptizer sent by the Spirit of the Lord and he's making a highway. He's making it straight path. He's turning hearts to God. He's getting their minds on the right thing, on the real thing, on what's going to really help people. And uh, in so doing, people were finding this happiness and this joy and this excitement. People were coming from all different kinds of regions and all kinds of backgrounds and all kinds of races and languages. And they were coming to, to this man and they were being baptized. They were, as he said, repent and believe this message. Repent and believe this message. Repent. Turn your direction around. Make an about face. Quit going in the direction you've been going. Quit pursuing the things you've been pursuing. Quit the ambitions of this short life that you're putting everything into that and you're not thinking beyond it. You're not thinking beyond this world. You've got to realize, I'm telling you, that there is a world to come and that's the race you want to get in and start running for the world to come. Start setting things in order properly for the world to come and Jesus is here to help you do that. He wants to, He's made it possible. It's up to you to become cooperative and not be so contrary. It's up to you when you hear the preaching of the word to have faith and let your faith be like a, a landing strip, my friend, and let the, let the glory of God just land right down and come right into your heart that you're not putting up a wall of defense, that you're not trying to say, no, I'm going to, you know, the first time and I was ever witness to, I didn't know anything about the Bible, and I was witnessed to by a man that had been a gambler, a very bad, addicted gambler. He would, he would leave his job every day. He was a subcontractor. He'd leave his job every day. One o'clock to go catch the last three races at the, at the racetrack. And he told me, he said, I was so addicted. He said, one day I, I was, went running out of that house I was working on to hurry up, get in the car and get down to the, catch the races. And he, he said, I fell down the, the stoop of the stairs of the front of the house. He said, and I broke my ankle. And he said, uh, but I got in that car and I went and went to the races first. And he said, and then I went down to the hospital and my big old swollen ankle and all messed up and they set it and they put it in a cast and everything but I wasn't going to miss my gambling he said that's how bad I was well there are things that we get addicted to there are things that get us and we just gonna set everything else aside to have that and friend he got baptized in Jesus name and he got the Holy Ghost he never gambled again never gambled again I want to tell you this is real 
This will change your heart. This will give you a whole different set of values. This will uh, take away the desire that a man could have for gambling or a man could have for another woman or a, a, a woman could have for other men or, you know, the things that go on in our society and the, the wreckage and the ruin that takes place in people's lives. That God can change your heart to where you have no longer have a desire for cocaine. Uh, we've had people delivered from all kinds of drugs and they just had no desire for it anymore. That God fills the emptiness in your heart with something so much better that you'll realize that what you've been trying to fill the emptiness with has failed so miserably and left you in such a terrible shape that uh, no longer are you desiring that. Now you truly have something that is filling the void or the empty place. You read in Genesis how that God's Spirit looked and He saw that the earth, the earth was without form and void, empty, and that darkness was there. But God's Spirit began to move in that situation. And He said, let there be light, and there was light. I want you to get a revelation that will lead you to God's salvation. Don't bring me some junk. Don't bring me I had a bean dream. Don't bring, bring me I woke up and I, I took a drug and I see things all clearly. Don't bring me those so-called revelations because they don't lead to salvation. You need a revelation that will lead you to Holy Ghost salvation. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yes sir. People screaming. People crying out. And people saying go back. Send somebody back. To tell my family. Tell them, don't let this happen to them. Don't let this happen. You are alive right now. You have breath in your body. And you're, you're in church this morning on top of that. A church that preaches the truth. That brings to you that the revelation that we have goes all the way back to Jesus Christ giving it to the apostles and the prophets and them giving it to the rest of the known world in their time. And it has continued from then till now. Almost 2,000 years. No change. No deviation. You know what's wrong? You got people, why you have so many different things going on in so many different houses uh, all over the, 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 the world is because they didn't get a revelation that led them. They didn't get the light that put them on the highway and led them straight in the path that leads to life eternal. They just got themselves a little also ran. They got themselves a little human experience. I often like to say they had too much Taco Bell and they went to bed and woke up the next morning after that bellyache all night and got some kind of bean dream and, they, and their revelation doesn't lead them to the truth of Jesus Christ. It doesn't lead them to this salvation that the Bible teaches. It leads them in some human path. It leads them just like it leads some guy to want to climb Mount Everest or swim across the English Channel and, and, and dodge sharks, you know. Come on here. I got no desire to go jump in an ocean and swim with the sharks, folks. I want to be in the church. I want to be with the angels of God. I want to be heading towards heaven. I want to know that when I am put in a casket and six feet under, it's not going to matter one second. Not going to matter about a casket up here. And I've already told my wife and my son-in-law and daughter, I said, don't, don't preach my funeral. I said, have church. Just have church. And I'm not going to be there. There's nothing but there but bones and death. It doesn't matter. When your spirit leaves, friend, you want it going to the right place for all of eternity. And you want to know that. And you can know that. You can know that. People 
can say all kinds of words, and they can give you flowery speeches, and that's in your Bible. It's said those fair words and smooth speeches. And they can do all kinds of stuff, but it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't do anybody any good. It's just the same old, same old. And God wants you to break out of that mold. He wants to pull you out. The Bible talked about pulling people out of the fire and saving a soul from death. Okay? And believe me, there's physical death. Yes, there is. And then there is a spiritual death because we're all born in sin. So in that respect, we've got that to to do something about. But then there's eternal death. And that's the one you better really be worried about. Because it's where you're going to have your final destination for all of eternity that's going to matter. And I'm telling you, it's available to every man, woman, boy, and girl. And that old devil, he wants you, he'll tell you anything. Anything that will trick you and turn you away from this highway of holiness. This highway of song and joy. This highway of deliverance. And you know, one place uh, the Lord said in... uh, to the king who was going to die, and he was told by the preacher, he was sent, the preacher was sent to tell him, get your house in order, you're fixing to die. And, uh, and this guy, friend, this king, who, who had, you know, authority and could have anything on this earth, and he said, uh, he turned his face to the wall on his bed, and he began to weep, and he didn't want to die. And the uh, preacher was walking out, going home after doing what God told him to do. And the Lord spoke to him and said, go back! But I have a lunch at a point. Go back. I'm supposed to go golfing. Go back. Fisher up. Go back. <laughs> so Isaiah turned around. He went back. And he said, quit crying. He said, God's giving you 15 more years. He said, and, and, and he's going to give you a sign and show you too. And so he confirmed it. Well, the Lord said also in that, and we talk about that part of it a lot, but he also said that he was going to, protect the city and he said he was going to uh, defend defend those that were there and I want you to know something God knows how one place he said as birds flying over a certain city he said so will I defend that city and I want you to know that particular place is Jerusalem and that place is in Israel and that is their air force and their airplanes that prophecy, and I want you to understand they have the finest air force in the world, okay? They are reputed and known to be the best. God has provided something there, and I want you to understand that God can do things that nobody else can do. Hear me now, and you just need, remember, it, think of it as a dollar in your pocket. It's there. You've got faith in your heart. You just need to use it. It's there! You just need to use it. You just need to do what Jesus said time and again. Only believe. I'm telling you, just believe me. I was coming home from uh, West Palm one night on the old road. And, uh, and it was bumpy, friend. And uh, I was on the cell phone. And I, want, I was talking to a preacher up in, in Pennsylvania. And he had taken all his church's money. And he put it with some guy that said that he was a stockbroker. And that he was going to get them 25% on their money. And I said, let me ask you a question. I said, is that money liquid? And he says, yes, I believe it is. I said, get it out. Just get it back. 
And I said, and you tell them that you just have need of it right now. And I said, if you get that money back, I said, you don't give it back to that guy. I said, I'm telling you now. And I was screaming at the top of my lungs on that phone, trying to convince him. Well, he didn't believe. He didn't believe. And they lost everything. The attorney general got that guy. The FBI got that guy. And they asked him, they said, after he had built preachers out of $70 million, the, the FBI and the attorney general said, so what new tricks did you use to pull this con off? And he said, I didn't use any new tricks. No new tricks, he said. Same old stuff. Same old, same old. That's what I used. You know, it's the same old devil. The Bible called him that old serpent. Same old devil. Same old serpent. Same old slithery mess. And people, generation after generation, fall for it. They hand it down. They hand it down. You know, the scripture teaches that we as the church, that we're to hand down what we have to our children. We're to get this to our children. Well, this truth, this message, this path, this highway to get on it. And I'm telling you that there are people, though, that hand down unbelief. There are people that hand down ignorance. There are people that hand down lies and falsehood and that give examples that lead their children in wrong directions where you have an opportunity here to get started right and to help your offspring, your children, the generations to come, help them to get on the right path, get them going in the right direction. Because there is an enemy out there. There is an old serpent out there. There's, there is a dragon and a devil out there. And he is absolutely after you and your children. And he wants to destroy. He'll use any means and he keeps inventing new means to do it. He wants to capture their minds. He wants to put their minds in prison. Okay? And he wants them to be uh, imprisoned by drugs or in imprisoned by crime or imprisoned by Hollywood, whatever. It doesn't matter what it is. And you can go in any direction as long as you don't go on that highway. You can have any tree in the garden as long as you don't touch that tree. Don't go to that tree of life. And they didn't. They went to the tree of the one God said not to touch. The one tree of all the trees. They went to the one that God said don't mess with. And, and you know, the devil is saying, well, God don't want you to be like him. You know, he wants you to believe that, the, the devil wants you to believe that you're gonna, God's cheating you and God's trying to, you're going to miss out on so much. And God is trying to tell you, you get involved with that, and it's a downhill path, friend. It's all going to be downhill. And it, you have read, no doubt, of Jonah and how that he was told by God to go and bring the word Bring this to them and to their generation. And it's a big city and they're lost. They're so messed up, they don't know their left hand from their right. They don't know. Go there and preach this to them. Start at one end of this thing, go to the other and show them the truth. Tell them. Help them in their misery. And, and, uh, and he's like, what did the Bible say? A guy said yes and then he didn't. Well, that's how Jonah was. Okay, God. And then he booked himself a, 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 a cruise. He headed down to Tarshish. And uh, while he was on the cruise ship and kicking back, enjoying himself, all of a sudden the weather changed. You know? Now, see, I like it like it is right now. It's 
blue sky out there, and maybe a soft, puffy white cloud here and there, and beautiful sunshine, and just nice temperature, you know, and if there is a breeze, it's very slight. Yeah, I like it like that, and I admit it. I talked to somebody the other day in Utah, and I said, um, by the way, how's the weather out there? Cold, very cold. I said, oh. I, they said, we're fixing to have a snowstorm. I said, ah. Oh. And um, it's going to be 78 mile an hour winds. And I said, and here I am in South Florida, sunny South Florida. And I'm talking about pulling my cover up because it's 55 degrees. I don't want to tell you what they said on the other end of the line to that. (laughs) Oh, brother. Oh, you know, the devil wants to make you think you got it bad. But Jonah, Jonah thought it was so bad to have to go do what God said, live by God's rules. And Jonah booked him a, a cruise on down to Tarshan. He had, he had it in his mind how good it was going to be. I'm taking this trip down there. And he just kept blotting out in his mind the responsibility and the calling and the work of God. And he, the weather changed, though, and that Utah wind came in. And that sunny South Florida weather was gone. And friend, that boat was rocking all over the place. You just thought Elvis invented rock and roll. Friend, God had that ship rocking and rolling. I want you to know. And it was topsy-turvy. And the seasickness was on everybody. Even the seasoned sailors were having seasickness. It's like I told a guy one time, I I said, did they call this um, mild to moderate? weather here in this boat in this water he said no he said we call this rough (laughs) and he was the first mate and he was turning colors so look out so anyway old jonah you read that in your bible you will read that jonah every every step he took was going down he winds up down in the bottom of the boat then he winds up down at the bottom of the ocean Then he winds up down at the bottom of the belly of a whale. Everything was going down. Okay? And the devil, though, all the time telling Jonah, he's telling him another lie. It's going to be all right. Going to get you out of this. Everything's going to be fine. But Jonah, Jonah finally reached in there and got that faith and began to call on the Lord. He began to pray. He began to pray. Now, you know, a lot of people get in a bad situation and they will pray. And as soon as they get out of the bad situation, they forget all about prayer. They forget all about what they said when they prayed. They forget about all the promises they made. The young man that was in the church when I came into church, a very nice young man when I came in, he, he would always fellowship me and talk to me. And uh, he told me his testimony. At 18 years of age, he enlisted in the Marines. And you know, they send you to Paris Island where they train you. And... Uh, he got number one in Paris Island. He won the award. He was number one. And they sent him to Vietnam. And he was the platoon leader. And the platoon leader's responsibility was he would be the first guy to go up over the hill to see what's on the other side. And he was to reconnoiter everything and look at everything because the rest of the group would be following him. The platoon would follow him. And so he had a great responsibility. And he said, I was... I was going up that hillside, and he said, and I heard the click that nobody wants to hear. He stepped on a mine, 
And when he did, he heard that sound and he, he froze. And he said, while the explosion took place, he said, while I was going up in the air, he said, my last thoughts, waking thoughts, conscious thoughts, were God, if you'll get me home, I'll live for you. And he knew how to live for God. See, he, he had lived for God. He'd been in the church. He was baptized in Jesus' name. He was full of the Holy Ghost when he went over there. And friend, that was his last, he told me himself, his last thoughts, his last prayer, his last conscious words. If you will get me out of this and get me home, I will live for you. And he got married when he got home in the church, standing next to the bride with his two canes, minus two legs. They gave him those fake legs. And he, he walked up that aisle, he walked out of that church house that day. And uh, God gave him a beautiful life. God gave him a beautiful life. I am telling you that no matter what your situation is, no matter how bad or how dire or how extreme, God loves you and He wants to put you on that path. He wants to get you going in the right direction. He doesn't want you going down, down, down. He wants you going up, up, up. He wants to get things going right in your life. And you don't have to be a person without hope in this world. You can have not just hope in this world, but the Bible said you can have, and we have, eternal hope. Eternal hope. Don't be limited to just this world. Okay? He's trying to help you to realize don't sell out for little peanut things. Little things that are going to pass away. You know, the Bible teaches this world and the heavens are going to pass away. And the Lord's going to make a new heaven and a new earth wherein is going to dwell righteousness. And there's not going to be any devil there. There's not going to be any liars there. There's not going to be any hatred there. There's not going to be any of the stuff that you have to contend with here, the evil that has to be contended with here. Not going to be that way in the world to come. I tell you, Jesus and the world that He's planning is worth living for. Escaping this world and this life is worth you having faith and taking your faith and placing it in Jesus Christ. And everybody said amen. And everybody said praise the Lord. I want you to get on this highway. I want you to get on this highway. Get on this path. You know, it's not a difficult thing. The only thing that makes it difficult is you and I. Remember the guy that was training to live for God. And in training to live for God, he he asked the preacher who was getting ready to leave and go up. He said, uh, he said, I, I want what you got. And he says, matter of fact, I want a double portion of what you got. Well, I appreciate the fact that he saw the value of what the truth is. And there were lots of people out in the wings that were naysayers and soothsayers and saying, come here and do this and go here and do that and, you know, making all kinds of negative remarks. Well, this, this young man, he kept, he kept uh, telling the guy, I want what you got. I want a double portion of what you got. 
And so the, the answer came back and said, well, you've asked a hard thing. The thing, it's not hard for God, church family. You can't ask God a hard question, okay? You can't ask Him a hard question. It can only be hard to you. It's not hard to Him. And the only thing that makes things hard is us because of this old flesh and this carnal mind that's the enemy of this natural mind that thinks so naturally, so earthly, sensually, devilishly. Our, our flesh is prone to go and is inclined to go down. And God is trying to tell you, I can, I can take care of the gravity and the gravitational pull. I can offset all of the evil spirits that are around you that are trying to drag you down. I can save you and deliver you. That you can get out of your situation. I can do that. You just need to believe. You just need to take your faith and say, this is my last shot. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take what I got. I'm going to put it in Jesus. I'm going to invest it in him. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to think spiritually. I'm going to elevate my mind here. What did it say? To lift up your eyes to the hills from whence cometh your help. That your help comes from the Lord. Well, if I do that, uh, I'm not going to have as much money. Um, if I do that, you know, people aren't going to, you know, really stand in awe of me. If I do that, I'm going to lose a lot of respect. And all of those things I just said, I ripped them right out of the devil's book. Because that's what the devil said. He's going to tell you every lie. You talk about throwing the book at somebody. He's going to throw his book at you. His book of unbelief. He's going to tell you every lie to get you. How bad it's going to be if you step in the right direction. If you go that way. Woo. You know, he's going to tell you all kinds of junk. But I'm going to tell you the truth about him. He's a liar. And he's the father of it. Right? He, he's the one that birthed all the lies. He's the, he's, the, he's the reason there are lies. He's the father of it. Let's stand together. I pray that you will take the heart. You know, I wasn't always a preacher. I was just a crazy lost kid. And at a, thankfully at 20 years of age, the truth was witnessed to me. And by the grace of God, I believed it. I put my faith in it. I didn't even know I had faith. But I, everybody's believing in something. Everybody. So you have faith. You just need to, to pull that faith together and say, I'm, I'm divesting out of this. And I'm divesting out of that. And I'm, I'm going to cash in my, my chips on this. And I'm turning everything into to faith. And I'm putting it all together. And if it only amounts to just a little itty bitty faith seed. Jesus said, if you have faith as the grain of a mustard seed, a very small seed, but it's a very tough seed. Very tough seed. Somebody paid me a compliment the other day. I think it was a compliment. They said, Senior Pastor, he, he chews barbed wire for breakfast and gargles razor blades. And I stopped and I said, Is that good? Is that good? Well, if it means I'm resisting the devil and the wrong, then yes, thank God. Bring on the barbed wire. <laughs> okay?
You just toughen up in your faith. You get that even if it's one little grain. Jesus said, you take that. And he said, and that grows up into a big, tall tree. Strong. You can be strong in faith. You hear me? You can do this. I want you to believe that. You don't want some old religion. You don't want that. You don't want to sit there in a congregation where it's just a circus and just a joke. And, and you know that this one's doing that and the other one's doing that and the other one's doing the other. You know all that stuff. And yet everybody's claiming, you know, I'm blessed, I'm saved, you know, and all that. And you know better. You need to come to the truth. One woman told Jesus, you know, about she was going on all about her religion and her believing and everything. And he said, you don't know what you're believing. You don't know. He said, you don't know what you're doing. He said, but if you'd stop long enough to ask me, he said, I'd give you something. I'd give you that you'd never go back to those kind of things again. You would not want them. You would not have a desire for those things again. Oh, friend. If, if you can envision, if you can believe how good it really is to live for God. How good it is that your heart is liberated and set free. Let's take a moment and lift our hearts with our hands heavenward to Jesus Christ this morning. Worship Him, Spirit and Truth this morning. Come on, Lord. Oh, Lord. Hallelujah. Come on now. 